This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Capital One is a proud partner of the Roden Fellows Program, which provides opportunities to aspiring sports journalists from historically black colleges and universities produce content, including this podcast throughout the year. Capital One supports this program as part of their larger commitment to the advancement of students from HBCUs. What's up, guys? Welcome to ESPN's Anscape Roden Fellows Podcast. I'm your host, Scott. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my producer and colleague, J.C. Christian. What's up? What's up? J.C. Christian, hello from Birmingham, Alabama, and I go to Alabama State University. Man, JC, it's a long time coming. We finally got to go on a podcast um, together. So that's super exciting. I just want to start things off talking about some of our experience we had at the final four as Roden Fellows. I'll start. JC went to the women's, which was a super dope experience this year. And I went to the men's down in Houston. Um, it was a super awesome event against some great teams. Not as many blue bloods this year were in it besides uh, really just UConn. So that was pretty cool to see. Got a chance to interview Magic Johnson, who donated money to HBCUs, partnering with Coca-Cola. Shout out to Magic Johnson. And then from there, some of our duties included um, managing the locker room time. So like how long the media could talk to the players, as well as we got the chance to moderate um, some breakout sessions, as well as kind of see some of the behind the scenes that make these big tournaments work. Um, super awesome experience. Got the chance to talk to the UConn players, as well as San Diego State, as well as Miami um in florida atlantic so that was just super awesome just again i mean you see these tournaments on tv all the time so to see it in person and to be able to be in that atmosphere i mean that was just amazing so that was super awesome and i just am super thankful for that opportunity so you know we got a chance to see all those great you know players and great teams go out there and ball pretty much it was a great time to actually be able to see history made you know it was the first time that a women's sport has actually seen billions of streams on live TV as well as people being there, you know, watching the game. So, you know, kudos to them for, you know, going out and just doing what they have to do. Um, for the most part, I just had a great time. I was able to moderate. I got a chance to interview Ellie Duncan uh, about, you know, what she thought, who she thought was going to win. And, you know, her pick didn't come true. She had South Carolina. But the whole time, I'm going to say it because I said I was going to talk my smack regardless. I wanted LSU the whole way. Definitely. Everybody looked at me crazy when I said it. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everybody looked at me crazy when I said it. But, you know, I just, I, I stayed humble because I didn't want to gloat. But, you know, <laughs> I had a great time. Like, you know, I was, I was able to kind of go in there and moderate. You know, I got a chance to kick it with a few LSU players. You know, I got a chance to talk to Angel Reese, Flajay, as well as uh, Kateri. So, you know, just, you know, being out there, overall, it was a great experience. I had a chance to moderate for Kateri on live TV as well as, like I said, just kind of interview Ellie Duncan and, you know, kick with some of the LSU players as well as just working with the NCAA women's um, communications team. So overall, this is a great experience just being able to be there. And I got a chance to, you know, shoot a couple threes on that court before everybody started <laughs> playing, so why not? Definitely. And then it sounds like you had a super fun weekend. What was maybe your favorite part? If you could only pick one of those things, what was maybe your favorite part about all of it? I got to say the LSU kickback. Don't let me stop playing. Let me stop playing. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, nah, I think um, my favorite part had to be the championship game. Well, no, 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 no. My favorite part had to be when Caitlin Clark definitely gave the upset to South Carolina. That had to be my favorite part. Why? Because the whole crowd was just stunned. And, like, she was out there flexing, going crazy. I was like, yeah, talk to him. Like, I didn't, at first, I knew who she was, but I didn't know she was like that, you know? Definitely. You know how you know somebody, you know an athlete, 
like when when Steph Curry first came out, you knew he was like that, but you didn't know he was like that. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was. She going crazy. So it was like, you know, actually being able to see that in person. And, you know, when they gave the upset, you know, just being able to ask her questions about how she felt when she set the three-point record and all that great stuff, that had to be my best moment. Honestly, just being able to be in her presence, be able to talk to her, you know, interview her about how she felt about her team making it to the championship round. And, you know, just honestly being able to be there just definitely was my favorite moment. What about you? You 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 were there to see UConn take it all. So what was your favorite moment? Man, it sounded like you had an awesome experience. Snap. Like, yeah, Caitlin, she's she's different. She she's she's one of them ones. Um, man, I don't know. I think my favorite moment was either the San Diego State buzzer beater. I mean, I wasn't really rooting for San Diego State. But to see that and just kind of like how the whole arena kind of like got up for that, that was pretty cool. And I think definitely just seeing UConn winning, um, that was just awesome. Just like to see all the confetti come down. But then also to like be able to go in the locker room because, you know, because it was UConn, they had Rudy Gay and um, Mecham Okafor. And I want to say they had one other person there. Man, oh, Ray Allen. Yeah, they were all there. So that was kind of cool to see them come back, support their school. But yeah, I think just definitely being able to talk to them after that win. Because, you know, that, that's like one of those things. Again, you see that as, on TV as a kid. So just be able to be a part of all that and like meet these people. Like that was awesome. But yeah, that was just good. And again, you know, it just was cool to just see basketball. You know, we love hoops. So that was great. But you're a football guy. So, you know what I mean? I, I know you love football. That is your sport. <laughs> you're about to go to Kansas City for the draft. I mean, wh- what are you expecting for that? What's that like? I mean, I know I'm sure that's going to be a super awesome experience. Yeah, man, you know, they they pretty much called me already and told me I'm the first overall pick. So you already know I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. You know, I got my hand, I got my red suit on. I'm going to go crazy. But nah, just honestly... You know, with me being a retired football player, you know, back in my school days and summer college, you know, it was just honestly a great experience to just go there and experience it. You know, to be able to make that childhood dream kind of come true in a sense, at least just being there, it's just different. I don't know everything that they're going to have me doing yet, but just being able to work with the team and, you know, make new contacts and everything is just exciting to me. So, you know, I just can't, I can't wait to actually fly to Kansas you know, fly up to Kansas and kind of see the scenery. First time in Kansas, you know, Shaq said Kansas ain't got no hot wings. So, you know, I'm going to go get some hot wings and see what they're talking about. But, <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I'm just ready for the experience, you know. Just to pretty much go out there and work for them, work for the NFL for a couple of days and see how that goes. You know, that's it's always been a dream of mine to work for ESPN and to someday work for the NFL. So the fact that it's happening while I'm still a college student is just crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure you're gonna have a lot of fun. You know, you gotta definitely take some flicks. Looking forward to seeing that. And then again, as our fellowship kind of is coming to an end, and I know there's probably been a lot of cool stuff that you got to experience this um past few well, not few months, like 12 months, but what's maybe been your favorite memory or favorite part of one of your favorite things about the fellowship overall? One of my favorite things about the fellowship. Um, I think that time. I came to your room and I beat you in 2K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, nah, man. honestly. Honestly, nah. Yeah. Yet, the time that you gave me your autograph for your book. Oh, we didn't forget man. you're the richest fellow out of everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Nah. JC has three Lambos and McQueens. Come oh, no, he lied. He lied. He lied. <laughs> 
You can't forget he had an ESPN channel. He was in Washington. There you go. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I got I got that off of um. Uh, it's fake. It's, it's not. Nah, it's I just want to say my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part from from the start all the way to the finish was honestly, I can say for me, was definitely. I think it had to be the Baltimore Ravens camp between the Baltimore Ravens camp and the Washington Commanders camp, just because we got a chance to you know. Pretty much, we, we talked to Ron Rivera. You know, we talked to the owner of the Washington Commanders as well as, well, at the time, the owner. As well as, you know, being able to kind of see backstage of what some of these camps at the NFL camps actually do. We got a chance to see Lamar Jackson out there going crazy before all this, you know, don't pay me or they didn't want to pay him stuff came about. We actually started practice. So, for me, you know, I'm a big football guy. You know, I'm a big NFL guy. So the fact that we actually got a chance to go to the go to the NFL camps, NFL training camps during the summer was just something different. You know, being able to make those networks and, you know, go there networking and actually being students of the game because we were there with the legendary Bill Roden. And the fact that we couldn't go anywhere without somebody saying, Bill, you know, it was just crazy. It was just inspiration because – you don't see that many people that look like us that are actually in the sports world. So, you know, the, it was inspiration to see him go out there and just be minding his own business and people actually wanted his autograph and people, you know, going up to him and stuff. It was just crazy. So I can say it was just a great time. It was great. It was great motivation as well as I learned a lot just being at those camps. Yeah, definitely. Just like you said, I think just – being able to experience Mr. Roden just kind of like, like you said, he's a superstar in this field and, you know, being someone that looks like us, I think that's huge. Like be able to get to know him personally and also be able to see it, you know, the respect that all his colleagues and peers have for him. Uh, I definitely got to say that was pretty cool too. Like I'm not a huge NFL guy, but going to those camps, like you said, and seeing the behind the scenes stuff, that was dope. Um, Utah was pretty fun. I really enjoyed All-Star Weekend, just like meeting the NBA people. Because, again, kind of like similar to you with the NFL, you know, I'm a huge NBA guy. I would love to work for them um, or cover them one day. So, like, be able to meet them and just be able to, you know, really just see how things work. Because, again, you know, you always look at the players. You look at maybe, like, the GMs and stuff. But, like, you know, all these leagues, it takes a whole team of different people to do different things to make them run. So, seeing that was super awesome. Um, but I think, man, yeah, that's probably definitely up there. And I think after that, definitely shout out the Big East. I think the Big East was dope. Shout out, shout out our guy, Amir. Amir, if you ever listen to this, shout out to hey, Amir. Hey, chill out. You know, I was really about to say that earlier. Yeah. Shout out to our boy, nah, Amir, Amir. Yeah, my dog, Amir. I'm going to tag him in this so he know we're talking about him. Yeah, but Amir, for sure, man. Amir, Amir was great. Amir was Yeah, Amir. Nah, bro, like, you know, just being able to connect with Amir was pretty cool. Like, you know, he's from New York. So, you know, I got used to him saying, that's my guy right there. And I was like, what you mean? <laughs> and I was like, you know, he's like, that's my guy. I'm like, I ain't never heard nobody say that. <laughs> but yeah, he's cool people, man. You know, I love him. I feel like he's my brother from another. Like, oh, yeah, for real. He's, he's, he's real cool. Yeah, no, he definitely made sure to look out for us while we were there. So shout out to him. There's, you know, the whole Big East experience. That was cool to see. But yeah, and even Final Four. But yeah, definitely probably goes NBA, Big East, Final Four, Final Four, Big East, one of the two. But just overall, I just also think, you know, meeting you guys, meeting Mr. Rowan, I just think it's been a great experience. Again, like, you know, seeing people who look like us or look like each other and, you know, want the same things and like knowing, hey, like, you know, it's possible. So overall, I think it's been a great fellowship. I'm definitely going to miss I'm definitely going to miss the perks, man. Like, I, you know, be able to travel and they paying for it. Like, I, that's crazy. Like, that, that's crazy, man. So look, 
Young know, Anscape, if y'all listen to this, you know, y'all need me just come back for something. Even just for a day, you know, I'll gladly, I'd rather do that and fill out the concourse stuff. But nah, it's been a great, it's been a great experience. It's been a great experience. Right. I feel you there. Cause I mean, you know, Miss KJ gonna be listening to this. So, you know, if, if you want us to come back and talk to the fellows, you know, it ain't nothing to send us a flight. <laughs> right. Nah, but in all, <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I can't say, you know, being able to, this is, it was one person in particular that I was just excited to meet. And that was honestly Miss Sheila Johnson. Yes. You know, that was amazing. She was, bro, the first woman billionaire. That was nice. That was, that was very nice. And I wish we could have got her on one of these podcasts before, but that was very nice. You know, at a point in time, I worked for BET, basically meaning that I worked for a company that she started. Yep. And, you know, it was just crazy. I worked there as an intern and it's just crazy to understand that I actually met the person that kind of co-founded BET and it was just different, you know, and the fact that she set herself up so well, honestly, if she gave us free massages, that probably would have been the best time. That would have been the best trip we took. <laughs> nah, definitely. Miss Miss Sheila was awesome. She was, that was just cool. And like you said, you know, the first one billionaire, that was, that's crazy, you know. But she was super humble, so that was, man, that was that was a cool experience. Yeah, the summer had some good, some good experiences for sure. Now, JC is a special interview for you guys. He talked to Cullen Davis, who has a super dope story. So listen to that real quick, and you guys are gonna get some free game. So in this part of the podcast, I like to introduce a guy I've known for the past three years. I would always joke with him in class about some of the things that he would wear to class. It would be 96 degrees in the South at Alabama State University. And he would have him on a whole three-piece suit. And honestly, some of the things that he's just done is just incredible. As a student at Alabama State University, he's interned with the Hawks. He was a communications assistant with the Montgomery Biscuits. And he also was an assistant SID with Athletics at Alabama State University. And now... After graduation, he'll be full-time at the Chicago Bulls as the basketball communications coordinator. Without further ado, my guy, my brother, Colin Davis. Hey, man, that's the greatest intro I've ever got. I'm like, I got to keep you around, man. I, I need to keep you <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere hey. I go, the barbershop, you know, the grocery store, you know, I'll just be like, hey, JC. I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. Just, you know, wrapping up things, you know, getting ready for graduation and all the things you have to do with that, moving yeah. and such, but... Best believe I was just in the financial aid office an hour ago. <laughs> Wait, are we not? Wait, are we not? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get that extra counseling, you know. <laughs> oh, man. man. Between that, practice about to start soon, I already know, like... Yeah, man. So, yeah, if you're serious about me introducing you, man, just put me on the payroll, you know, and get some of that fool's money. <laughs> hey, man, I got to be introduced the right way. I, I don't know nothing about Chicago, so it's going to be a whole interesting, you know, change of life. But I'm ready for it. I'm excited. For sure, for sure. So, you know, first and foremost, let's kind of just hop into it. You know, what actually got you interested in sports? You know, the first day I saw you, in the communications room with uh, Mr. Knox, you know, we had already crossed paths, but what actually introduced you or got you interested in being in sports? 
Um, so since I was little, I was always a sports junkie. Like, um, I love reading. I love books. Um, I love like documentaries and watching like, you know, stuff that happened before I was alive. Cause like, I don't see it. So I love documentaries and a lot of stuff, you know, they was making on like sports documentaries or ESPN <clears throat> 30 for 30s. I, I love, I think I watched almost every episode of uh, ESPN 30 for 30. And that's kind of how I started to get that passion of sports in general, old, new, knowing who people were and they're not even on the earth anymore, or, you know, they retired or, you know, whatever the case may be. So ever since I was younger, I would do that. And I always played sports, played football since I was four. Um, so I was always around it. I just knew I wanted to do something related to sports. And I thought I was going to do it on a medical path and be a, a PA or some type of orthopedic surgeon or something that helps with sports injuries, ACLs, Tommy John surgery, you know, all of those kind of similar surgeries. And then I realized I don't want to do this because chemistry is hard. And <laughs> I don't I don't want to, um, you know, I kind of want to graduate, you know, and <laughs> that wasn't going to happen with chemistry class. So I um, I thought about what I what I do as a skill that I'm good at. I was always a good writer. So I was like, well, why don't I become a sports writer and um i went around i looked to see if it's possible to you know work in sports with a journalism degree like what options are there even you know besides you know writing for, for sports illustrated or espn or the athletic and um you know I, I met my mentor brandon faber who's the vice president of communications at chicago bears and he just showed me um the ropes of like how this really works and how communications um, for a sports team or a league um, kind of speaks to you. And um, it was something I fell in love with. I wanted to do it. I loved it. Um, you know, so ever since then, I've just kind of been sticking on that type of path and went went that way. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I mean, you know, we know a few chemistry majors. I mean, we, we see how they stress. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yes. I think you really, you know, going down your resume, I know you chose the right path, you know, being right yeah. there with you working on some of those uh, basketball games, football games, baseball games, you name it, we were there. So, you know, yeah, just yeah. working those with you, I understand the passion from where it came from and everything else. But, you know, we talk a lot, like not even on the podcast, but we talk a lot just by ourselves. We talk about how we network and everything else to get into the positions that we are in now. But as far as graduating, we also talk about some of the things that HBCU students may need to do as far as trying to get their foot in the door. You know, trying to set that diversity trend for some of these teams a little higher, setting the bar higher, because a lot of African-Americans play the game, but they don't actually work for the game. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about the journey of how you got your name out there. Okay, for sure. Um, so I first started because I had a, a heavy sports background. I, like I said, I played football since I was four. Um, I was a Division one athlete, uh, ran track at University of Louisiana, Monroe, and then transferred to Alabama State. So I was um, definitely leveraging the fact that I know the game because I am an athlete. So I have a level of relatability to athletes that the average non-athlete um, you know, or someone that isn't in it like that. Uh, probably doesn't get or understand. Um, and I use that as my little stepping stone. And from there, uh, once I stopped 
um, once I make the decision to start running track for ASU um, and focus on my career so I could be able to travel and do games, um, I just put my name out there in terms of trying to get trying to be a sponge. Um, and that's the biggest thing, like the biggest tip I could tell, like anyone, um, you know, coming into this and wanting, you know, get more of an outcome or get more of what they're looking for, achieve their goals and really like make their name in sports is you have to one, be willing to sacrifice and two, be a sponge. Um, when I was in, you know, undergrad, I was a sophomore, I was a junior, I'm traveling to New Orleans, driving to Mobile, driving to Atlanta, driving to Florida, um, you know, going to New Jersey, going to Phoenix, you know, just all these different opportunities, because it's all about building your resume. And it's, yes, we say that because on paper, yes, you need to be able to type that you were a part of this, that you have this backing, that this person can vouch for you, yes. But there's also the practice of the more runs you get, the better you get. You get better at knowing how to create a conversation with someone like J.J. Reddick or Taylor Rooks or Malika Andrews or Chad Ochocinco when you're around them and you have to be around other people more rather than it's your first time. You know, it's like that same thing of, you know, I'd rather be the person that practiced one kick a thousand times than a thousand kicks one time. And that's right. the same way it is with sports. And, you know, people that are into, um, you know, more of content creation, they can understand exactly what I mean. You know, like your first time shooting a baseball game or a football game or a probate or, you know, a photo shoot, you you know it's cool, but, you know, you, you can improve. And the more you did the photo shoots, the more – uh, videos you recorded, the more content you created, you got better. And it's the same with yeah. sports. And, you know, the more you're common, they recognize your name. You start to become a familiar face. You start to get, um, you know, people that's looking out for you, especially if your work shows. Um, so you definitely want to make sure that you just put yourself in those areas. You work and sharpen your craft to where, you know, they feel comfortable. So if you're a photographer, sharpen your skills to um, make sure you're always improving with your work so that way they want to have you come. Um, if you're, you know, journalism, you know, making sure your articles or your game notes or, you know, just your product and helping where you are is great. Or just, be, you know, be honest. I'm an undergrad student like I did. I'm an undergrad student that wants to work in this I just want to be able to shadow a game. You know, just you got to be able to sacrifice and put yourself out there because it's very competitive. It's very competitive. Right. And you spoke a little bit about, you know, the practice that you do, whether it be a probate or baseball or volleyball or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, just being able to get that practice in and, you know, become a familiar face with the coach. Then when you're a familiar face, you don't have to go through the SID. Speaking speaking on a college level, rather. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you've worked for the athletic department. You've seen my name a few times in the email talking about a package for Knox or something that I just wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely feel you there as far as getting the reps and the practice. But I kind of do want you to elaborate on what we talked about, like those early, those late nights, early mornings and the sacrificing, because we talked about how because you put me on game with this because I wasn't doing this until like a few months ago and it mm -hmm. actually worked out. So it's more so like a, you know, reaching out and to some of these communications teams, you know, people that are 
the head of communications of certain certain sports teams or, you know, these large sporting organizations to actually get them to respond? You know, what would you say in an email or how would you even go about the process? Yeah. So um, I can tell you what I did. And I think it was just this also goes, you know, like it is a sacrifice and it also is the networking. Um, I, I found out and I went to staff directories of like NBA or NFL, um, looking at the people that was in my department, seeing their name and I would see their name and I would add them on LinkedIn. And so this is like two parts to this. The first thing I would do was see their name and add them on LinkedIn. Right. And for one, this curated my timeline on LinkedIn to be solely professional. I don't follow um, many students that go to my university or many students in general on my LinkedIn. I, it, everybody on my LinkedIn is like 35 and older. <laughs> like I knew <laughs> when I first knew about it, I was like, oh, this is something professional. So like, why am I following people my age? Like, you know, like y'all not, y'all not who about to hire me. So why am I following y'all? Um, right, that was just right. something I did. But from there, that's kind of how I created this hub of professionals that I want to work or a hub of only sports directors or sports CEOs or sport leaders, you know, people that work in sports and getting into the groups. So I did that. You know, most teams have like their media guide or staff directory for everyone that's in that department, whether it's, you know, uh, from marketing to business to people to the coaches, you know, and I would go through there. Uh, add them on LinkedIn, and then I will also write down the email that had their email attached. And then right. from there, I will reach out and introduce myself. Um, because the biggest tip I can tell anyone, especially in college, is professionals are more apt to help you while you're in college versus when you graduate. When you graduate, mm. you are officially considered competition. You are officially thrown in the deep end. It's 12 feet. And if you can't swim, you sink in. And you just better hope somebody come through. Right. But if you put in the work in undergrad, you know, they're more, you know, apt to have that phone call with you. They're more apt to look out for you, to give you opportunities, to put your name in the right circles, to, you know, give you some tips. And that's just honestly how the world works. You know, I I think a 45 year old man probably or 45 year old woman would probably be more apt to tell someone 21 to 23 help, motivation, encouragement. This is what you should do versus telling someone that's 30 years old. You know, mm-hmm. um, so and everything is always about younger. It's also about getting younger. Um, so it's those two things that really, um, really propelled me to like making myself known. Like I said, I would write the email, introduce myself, say, hey, I'm an undergraduate student at Alabama State University majoring in this. Um, I just added you on LinkedIn, but um, I really want to see if it was possible to talk to you or, you know, maybe have a conversation about what your day-to-day is like as in my instance, communications coordinator, since that's my uh, position, um, you know, as a communications coordinator, um, you know, maybe give you some, maybe you could provide me with some tips on like things I could do better to um, make myself a better candidate when it's time to graduate, just things like that. But you don't want to seem too pushy. You don't want to make it seem like you're asking there for something because at the end of the day, you're trying to create a relationship because networking is relationship building, but I think networking in the wrong tone or the wrong verbiage isn't really relationship building by some people's standards. It's more like, Hey, Hey, help me out. Help me out. I need you to help me out. Hey, I'm looking for a job. Help me out. Like you don't want that. That's not networking. Okay. That's abuse. (laughs) 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 Um, So, 
like you have to, you know, be able to know. And I think part of it is because I'm a journalism major. So having a way with words very much helps. But you want to be able to kind of show that, yes, I'm interested. I'm willing to learn. And you're someone that has done it. You're someone that has accomplished it. You're someone that has done X, Y and Z. Would you be down to have a chat with me or maybe answer a few questions for me when you have time? And I think that's the perfect way. Um, to deliver that. I think that's the perfect way to even follow up with people that you meet, like people that you meet at these panels or conferences or fellowships, you know, um, even random people that you just add on LinkedIn. Like I say, you know, you'll add mutuals. So um, I think those two would be the biggest advice I could give for like putting your name out there, networking and trying to, you know, get a better um range in the sports world. Gotcha. And honestly that's that's just free game for you. For all the listeners that are out there that are interested in sports and want to get into some of these positions, you know, these high positions as black African Americans or anyone that's listening, period. You know, this is just free game for you. And honestly, I do want to say I'm glad I I got that follow back on LinkedIn because uh, my guy is the, <laughs> you know, the basketball <laughs> communication coordinator. <laughs> so oh, I'm glad man. I got that follow back. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so, yeah, man, you know, like I said, it was a pleasure having you on. You know, I just kind of wanted people to understand what it takes to, what it really takes to get into some of these positions. Because, like I said, some of the conversations that we had was just too much free game from my ears alone. Like you said something important last week. It was like, you know, I got this position, but if there's anything I can do to help you out, because we we started together and we need to finish together. Yeah. And that was something yeah. that I really took to heart, man. You know, it's just something that I always have. And that's something that I stole from you because somebody said something the other day and I helped them out with some, I forgot what it was. Oh, they, trying to, they were trying to get on at Google and I helped them out mm. with someone that I knew at Google. And they got they got the position. So it was like, okay, yeah. cool, yeah. And then you know, yeah, I definitely sounded like Mr. Davis himself. We started together. <laughs> we started together. Hey, together. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate you saying hey, I stole it from you. But <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, that's that's what I'm big on. You know, that's one of the main principles and reasons why I came to HBCUs, because uh, you know, you want to be able to help when you can. You know, I think it's you know, once you're able to achieve something, once you're able to, you know, knock down the doors, you know, you have to be able to reach back out in whatever ways you can help, you know, whether it's an individual or a group or a community or a school, um, you know, you got to always keep that in mind and never lose sight of that. So I'm blessed to be able to be in a position I am in to help. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, be able to be a vessel for those that's trying to learn or be a sponge because I was there. So. We would now like to give this time to Scott's grandmother, who talks about why her HBCU is important to her and the HBCU experience. My name is Trudy Dixon Green. I am Scott Lipscomb's maternal grandmother. I am a proud graduate of Morgan State University with a BA degree with an English major. It is a joy to know that Scott is a Roden Fellow as Mr. Roden is a fellow Morganite. I continue to value my HBCU experience as an important foundation for my successful achievements in life. The social, cultural, and academic experiences 
were very essential in preparation as I pursued careers in professional nursing, teaching, and legal work. HBCUs have been a part of our family's legacy as my sister and two brothers are Morgan graduates. Scott's mother is a graduate of Hampton University and Howard University. We have all benefited from the creative and supportive atmosphere of our HBCUs. I would also like to, like Mr. Rogan to know that I am still cheering for Eddie Hurt's Golden Bears. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Follow us at Anscape on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok to keep up with our HBCU experiences, as well as to kind of take a look at us as we end this fellowship and go on to the next stops of our life. To our audience, thank you for tuning into us for another year of the Roden Fellow Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Cullen. We'd like to give a special thanks to Miss KJ. And we'd like to give a super special thanks to JC for producing this. Shout out to JC. Thanks to Mr. Roden, Parker Owens, and the whole ESPN digital content team. With that, Scott is out. Peace. <laughs> All right, we're done. JC Christian out.